Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 3, Leicester City 0. That was like the return from the dead for the walking wounded. Yeah, I mean, I know they were talking before the game of, you know, how many uh, non-starters are playing. But the funny part is, even if you look at a guy like Fabinho and Genie, they might have been starting, but they were out of position. So realistically, all you had in position was Robertson, Mane, and Firmino. Everybody else was either off the bench or uh, uh, in the wrong position. So it was. I'm I'm astounded by it. I I was worried this would be a bit of a letdown game, um, <clears throat> but clearly Klopp, Klopp has decided to um, that this is the way to push the buttons. He's he's telling them you guys have to go out and achieve this, and and it looks like they responded. Yeah. What what one thing that we can say about Klopp's um, time in Liverpool is they almost never have two back-to-back bad games or poor games or poor results or are two two back-to-back results that are not completely positive and so um, I think it's easy for him to talk up his team to play well after either an international break a bad result or um, a setback like like we've had with the injuries it's when we're cruising and unfortunately results like Aston Villa may come out of the blue, right? But you can always guarantee a response no matter who's on the field. So it's interesting because as I was watching the game more towards the end where, of course, it's time to reflect because the game is over, I was actually sitting there wondering, like, we won the Champions League. We went and became champions of the world. We won the EPL. You know, maybe there was a level of cruising that kind of started entering the picture, does this uh, injury uh, rash of injuries and the fact that we're fielding, you know, I mean, a fantastic team, but not the team we want to field. Do you think that in a way almost helps Klopp in preparing them and, and pushing them? I think it does. And especially because at the root of it, we are a good team. It isn't like we're, we're a team that's just somehow happened to, to find its way up at the top. We are good players and a good team. And so, mm-hmm. All was that a, was that a shot at Tottenham? <laughs> hey, I, I'm 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 not calling it to be anybody out. Um, but uh, yeah, so so um, even even when we lost Van Dyke, I mean, as much as that sucked, and of course, I would like to have Van Dyke here for the season. However, it's the perfect opportunity for Liverpool to prove that okay, last season people said that we were lucky with injuries and VAR and everything else. This year, we're certainly unlucky with injuries and VAR. So. If we can win a title, nobody can say anything. And if we don't, and then perhaps we're not as good as we thought we were. But we know that we are as good as we think we are. So I think I, I think it's good. I think it's positive. I think today we we showed we are probably better than we thought we are in some ways. Um, I mean, you know, you talked about the international break. One thing I'll say, which kind of uh, surprised me right off the bat, was I felt like the back line was organized very well. And the team as a whole played very well for um, playing uh, Leicester. Like they just the the positioning, um, everybody knew what they were doing. Every it, it felt like, and and maybe you felt differently, but to me, when I watched them the whole game, it felt like they had been drilled for weeks on exactly where to go, what to do, how to pressure, because just the whole time we'd. 
we'd lose the ball or we'd, we'd get a chance, they'd get the ball, we'd get it right back. There was like so little reprieve for them for the majority of the game. I think the first time they actually had possession of the ball in our end for more than like 10 seconds was after the hour mark. Like it, it, it felt unlike almost a, uh, a game after an international break because it felt like we'd had a full week to prepare. Yeah, and when we look at the starting 11, you can really just say that Milner... Matip and Fabinho were the only ones that were at, I was going to say Melwood, but were at the, the new training ground, uh, AXA training ground. Um, all of the other ones, including Jones, who was with the under-21s for England, all of the other ones were away at internationals. So they've really just had two or three days to prepare. So it's extremely impressive. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I actually, when I thought to myself, oh, they're well-trained, the next thought was, oh, they probably were the ones that stayed behind. And then I went through the exact same thing as you thinking, oh, actually, no, most of these guys were gone. Because you look at, for example, Genie. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's been a uh, standard player. He, he plays the same standard every week. He hasn't been spectacular. But today, in kind of a new position as the holding midfielder, he did very well. He, he seemed to be a bit better than the usual. Honestly, I don't... I- I don't know what happened today because usually when we have a midfield that doesn't include Henderson and more recently either Henderson or Thiago, there's always something missing. And so I think this week or this game, we were just collectively hyped up and Henderson was on on the bench. So, of course, um, his his um, influence was 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 clear there. Right. Or was present. But, uh, yeah, I, I think everybody was just on it. I think. They've they they've thrived on the negativity that's that's been coming our way in terms of the whole world expecting this to be possibly the the time that Leicester beats us at home and breaks our longstanding um, home record. But so if anything, I don't know if, if you remember that Michael Jordan documentary where he he kept saying I took offense to this, I took offense to that, right? So I, I kind of <laughs> see a similar situation happening here where the team just took offense to people thinking that. We are not good enough to rise above this. So, so it's funny you mentioned Jordan. So Jordan, uh, if he didn't have slights, he would literally imagine slights. He would literally imagine that people had said or done something or right. a player had shaken the hand the wrong way last <laughs> time to get himself hyped up. But you're right. It, it felt like we came out strong. We came out fast. We came out with purpose. And I don't know if it was part of Lester's game plan to sit back so much. Um, but it felt like they almost didn't challenge us when we were coming out of our own end until we got to the midfield most of the time. And then they felt content to let us pass it around as opposed to really coming at us. They just had a game plan to hopefully have Jamie Vardy catch our defenders off guard, right? One or two opportunities. And then from there, then they would, they would, they would, they would be able to build upon that. But yeah, the team just defended extremely well as a unit. And again, going back to the international break, I think it certainly helped that three of the defenders were at, at the training, the AXA training ground for the past two weeks. And and that's probably, well, there's probably two reasons why Milner was chosen ahead of Nico Williams. Number one, because if our captain is missing, we need our vice captain. And number two, um, simply with him having been there for the past two weeks, training, being given instruction, I think it was important to have that leadership. And he he he, he was immense today. You I you read my mind back then than a left back, honestly. So you read my mind because when I I was going to bring up when I looked at the original um, 
uh, lineup, I was like, why is Milner playing instead of Williams? Um, and I, and I thought, you know what, like is, uh, is Vardy going to run right by him? But clearly, uh, I, I hadn't even thought of the captain, the vice captain angle. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if it wasn't him, then I guess who would be next in the pecking order? Because it would be Van Dyke after him, and then it would be Genie. Genie, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're going down the list. Not that there's anything wrong with Genie as a as a captain, but you're right. And and clearly, he was drilled, and they all were. The only thing I noticed a little bit was that uh, for whatever reason, it felt like. Uh, Matip was a bit skittish and he was always taking a step off the line so we were holding a good line and he was always the guy to break that line um I don't know if that was just he was he was afraid of letting Vardy behind him or what it was but there were a couple times he actually played them on side it it didn't matter in the end but that was just the one thing I noticed but overall um I would say good defense not great defense because they just didn't have enough chances to to be even tested like we held on to the ball so much and and realistically they they didn't have that many rushes we broke up a lot of those rushes yeah the midfield worked extremely hard i mean I, i'm i'm so impressed with jones every time i see him and and, and kate and winaldum as well but and, and well see i'm i'm just going to name the entire team jota as well was all over the place mane Firmino. so it was it was it was just a solid solid um unified display so uh, let's get to the goals and then we'll talk about individual players because uh, we definitely need to get to a couple of them. But the first goal, the own goal header, um, you know, I, okay. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it was a deserved goal. But at some point you put that much pressure on a team that early in a game that long. It, it's just it's going to happen. Like there's it's only a matter of time before a ball bounces just the right way for you. Exactly. But my question to you is, what exactly was John Yevis trying to do? I, I, I'm still a little bit lost as to if he was trying to head the ball, if he thought the ball was getting past him, if he thought he was pushed, if he was expecting a push. I don't know. I don't understand what he's trying to do there. I think I think what it was, and this is where I, I know the, the game doesn't work this way, and it's not how they call it, but I think at some point they need to take a look at an own goal. That goal needs to go to Mane because Mane, you know, booked vacation time in that guy's head because mm-hmm. he was so worried about where Mane was, what Mane was doing, not letting Mane in front of him. I think what happened is he was fighting Mane. And then a split second before the ball got to him, he realized, oh, it's right at me. And yeah. I think he just didn't have the time to make the decision to go a little lower and maybe bump it over the bar or let it go out. Like he was just so occupied with Mane that he he wasn't focused enough on the ball. And by the time he realized it was going to hit him, he had nothing to do. He just braced his neck to not get knocked out. And then it went wherever it went, I think. So that's where it's an own goal. But to me, that's Mane's goal. Yeah. Or the, or the very least, he should get the assist. Especially yeah. because he was my captain in the fantasy league. So I'm <laughs> that, that he didn't get at least the, the assist for that. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but when Mane was pulled late in the game, he was actually kind of pissed. And you could tell not great. Sorry? Which is great. I love it. Yeah. So I was actually really happy. He was kind of fired up because you could tell he was not happy that he hadn't done more and i love to see that exactly so i mean that was the first goal the second goal uh so i was i was watching it looked nice but i don't know if you uh if you had a chance to watch the commentary after so apparently that was 
since Opta's been tracking it, the longest passing play leading to a goal in Liverpool history. Yeah. 30 we've passes. Had, we've had quite a few, trust me. Yeah. So, I mean, like I when I rewatch it, it's just it's ball control moving side to side, side to side, and all you need is one guy who ran at Robertson to try to grab that ball and he just went right around him. Uh, one one little play broke everything down, but man, does Jota know where to be or what? I mean, he's he's the striker we've been calling out for as much as I love Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and they're amazing players. But at the end of the day, they're not strikers, right? Neither is Robert Firmino, apparently. So, um, yeah, he's 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 the missing piece. He really is. He's he's the guy who like, I guess what you see when you see Mane and Salah will leave out Firmino because he's not really a, a forward. Um, when you see Salah and Mane, you see them working the ball you see like a lot of um nice moves but with jota he's just he's to your point a traditional striker he sees an open space and he goes to it with the expectation right. that in this case the fullbacks will put it there right but then not only does he do that so he's a clinical traditional striker in the sense that he's not interested in all of the fancy touches he he, he just looks for he, he's just trying to score but he can also do what sal and mane do as well so that's why he's just I, I don't know how we how we well actually I don't even know why he wasn't playing like this for Wolves. And so I don't know how we got him. So here's the thing I've I, I've thought that too, and so I've actually read up on it. I didn't actually know this. Apparently, we paid the Wolves uh, ten million more than they wanted, so that we could pay over a longer period of time. So they were actually going to uh, sell him cheaper, which okay. is even crazier. But why the thing is, like in when he's talked about it, what he says is at Liverpool, the like the situations where you can score just flow. Like they just keep coming. Where at the Wolves, the Wolves, you know, have them here and there and they have to work for them. Where at Liverpool, there's just situ like chance after chance after chance after chance. And so I think what you've done is you've taken a guy who is good at getting into the right spot. And you throw him on a team that generates chances in the right spots, and it's it's just a match made in heaven. So it it, it really is a remarkable uh, piece of scouting for somebody to be able to identify, right? So because I'm sure there's players like this all over the place in lower teams that if you pay attention, you scout them efficiently, you'd see that this person would most likely thrive in a team that created more opportunities. So you know what? Kudos to them because I certainly didn't see it. He looked like a nice, neat, nifty player, but. I did. I was not expecting this, especially at his age. I mean, he's twenty-three. Well, not just that, but he'd actually been left out of the starting squad, right, at the Wolves for a while now. So I, I was, I was a little bit sitting there wondering, like, did we just get worked? But apparently not. I mean, um, you know, he's got a work ethic. Apparently, he's he's a very diligent in terms of studying, in terms of training, all of that. Very good learner. And I mean, it's exactly what Klopp wants, right? And so now he's got a guy who, when he sees an open space, he goes to it. But let's take it even further. Um, the pass that uh, he threw over to Firmino um, for what should have been the third goal, but Firmino oh, yes. managed to find a way to not score. And and I, I don't even know what to think about that. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how you don't score that. But anyway, um, that pass... Yeah, okay. The pass from Jota 
I mean, have you seen better than that from like Shaq? Because that was, I mean, I didn't see that pass. I didn't see the availability of that pass. And I was watching from how far away, right? Right. That just, he's got great vision. He's got good footwork and he's that classical striker. Yeah. And it, it, it's a simple pass, but it's a pass, like you said, that you don't see. It, it's it's something that we saw Tiago do quite a few times um, in the Everton game. It's it's the pass that I would expect from Tiago. It's a pass we see delightfully from Shaq. Although it's like once or twice a game where Tiago would say is a bit more. But I was I was impressed. I haven't seen that from Jota. Maybe I haven't been looking for it. Maybe he's done it more. But that was the kind of pass that really kind of opened my eyes and said, "Wow, this guy actually sees the field pretty well." But to be fair to Roberto Firmino, I mean, it was the Peter Peter Schmeichel, um, Casper Schmeichel. He came he came out and he blocked the angle quite well. And in isolation, it wasn't a terrible miss. It's just that it it continues the narrative of Roberto Firmino not being in, in the best form. Well, I mean, let's move on to the third goal where Firmino clearly disproved that. And I couldn't tell who was more relieved, Klopp or Firmino. Or his teammates because, you know, they're thinking, okay, thank God he's he's back. <laughs> Or, or his teammates. It, honestly, that felt like a weight lifted off the whole team. Because after that, like one that he put off the post there, that yeah. oh, and and the one that was literally, I mean, they said millimeters, but I don't even think it was millimeters it was, plural. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that close with all of the tech, um, the goal line technology they've been showing us on screen. That so, I would say. Uh, remember the one that uh, against uh, Man City, Man City? that yeah. was kept out. That one was further out than this one. And that one was like 0.5 millimeters or something. The funny thing about this one too, maybe I guess it's an angle. I, I didn't even think it was close. I thought, oh yeah, that's not that's not over the line until they showed the replays and, and the, the graphics. So I've gotten I mean, used in, to the in, angles. In real, in, in real time, it didn't really look that close. So because of the angles in real time, to me, it looked in and I was like, oh, oh really? what happened? So when they didn't show the highlight right away, I was like yelling at the screen because I'm like, it's a goal. What's wrong with the guy's watch? Right. But I mean, I don't know. There's no daylight between there. I don't know how anyway, that's it's he got his goal. I think we're all relieved. We're all happy. Um, overall, I thought he played Firmino in particular. I thought he played a much better game, except on that early chance just after our goal, where he just seemed to kind of pass it straight to the other team. If you remember that one, yeah, i I had to. I haven't had a chance to look look at that again. But when it happened, it was just it was it was just so surreal because it was passed right to them, and then he he I think he was complaining about something. So I thought, um, uh, was there a foul or a push or? But yeah, I'll have to look that look at that one again. It was it was really bizarre. It just went right back to them, and it was just kind of a, a truly bizarre little giveaway. But again, it seems to be kind of what he's been doing. He hasn't been as sure on the ball anymore. Hopefully, with the goal now, he'll be able. He'll have more confidence. So I'm looking forward to him um, scoring a few more, or at least just having the confidence to play his regular game, which is continue doing the flicks and everything. But this time, they come off. Actually, you know what I've noticed. So I don't know if it's the Jota effect, but I I think the front three and Firmino in particular have taken notice because he was much more focused on solid game than he was on his little flicks and other 
crap for lack of a better way of putting it he he seemed to be much more grounded in today's game and i like to see that yeah you know what i'm thinking for future games is because Klopp now has a problem in trying to fit four into three but now i'm wondering maybe if they're all available just play all four well i mean what what do you do so uh jota is the first liverpool player in history to uh score in his first four epl or premier league appearances so how do you sit that guy (laughs) like even when you've given him like 20 minute run at the end of the game he scores so this is a guy who has to be on and just the chances he gets over and over and over i think stresses the defense that at some point in the game they'll have to break because it's it's just too much. So I'm I'm with you. I don't know. Maybe we change to a four-two-four or something. And and if I were to pick three out of the four in general, in general, I'm always picking Jota and Mane, and then one of Firmino or Salah. Which sounds crazy to say, but if I had to pick three, I, I'm I'm picking those two first because. Mane in the team is just him and Robinson on the left is it's 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 just such a powerful weapon that is is so potent that we need that and then like you said Jota has to play. To tell you the truth though, I kind of see, I feel that Jota seems to be a little bit better over on Mane's side. I know today he played in place of Salah, but he seemed to drift across a lot more than I would have expected to him. So I don't know, maybe maybe the the conflict will come between him and Mane. Who do you play? Because it seems to be that side is better for him. But even today they were they were all very interchangeable. So, so maybe that's that's another key too, that it, does, it doesn't have to be that strict. Oh, I agree. I mean they were they were playing well together. And I mean, you know what? I, I just I don't know if it's just a, a unnatural sense of he knows where to be at what time or i don't know he just runs more than everybody like i don't know what it is but man he looked dangerous and he if if i was a defender at this point i'd be stressed about his runs but then you can't sleep on on money yep. either right? right i don't know i mean it's a, a, it's a great problem to have if we could only have a couple of midfielders while we're at it but <laughs> I mean, crazy, a four-two-four. Yes, no. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Well, what if you moved uh, Firmino into the midfield? Well, he would probably be, well, of the front four, he'd probably play a bit lower, a little deeper. I mean, that's the thing. No matter where they start, they'll, they'll all be drifting and pulling back as well. So at the end of the day, we are going to play some form of a 4-3-3, just that we, we have those four on the in the starting 11. Um, now, actually, no. I would only go with that if we have at least Henderson or, or Thiago available. Yeah, you need them on the in the midfield at the back. Yeah. Um, or Fabinho, of course. So what did you think of Fabinho today, playing on defense? I think it was great. I think he was no nonsense, right? He kept very simple and his height played a key and his positioning and just his overall awareness. Oh um, lord, speaking of height, I was looking at the at the line while they were uh uh while they came out for their initial little pictures and they all stood in line there. Is Allison the tallest guy on the field for us? No, it must be Matip, no. 
I don't know. I th- it, I would have thought that too. Well, first of all, it's not much of a contest because there aren't a lot of tall guys on our team. Yeah. But I I thought it might. I, I don't know. We're a short team. Like that's uh, you look at some yeah. other teams and and we definitely are lacking there. But uh, no, I thought Fabinho was good. Um, again, I I think the difficulty with today's game is it's hard to evaluate any of our defenders because they just weren't tested very much. I think they were tested enough to suggest that they had very solid games. Um, they 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 cleared everything in the air, right? Which was which was key. And I, I did notice when Nico Williams came on, a couple of like Jones and another um, midfielder would drop back and give him some support. So um, yeah, and he did make a couple of mistakes there, which we didn't end up paying for. But I actually like seeing him make mistakes because he'll learn next time not to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think exactly. I I think it's important that he continues playing and he will make a lot of mistakes because that's just the nature of I mean he he he's naturally a winger who was brought back to play um as a right right back. So, um I hope that he's given games. Well, he'll be given the game against um at Atlanta for sure because the um, we probably have to play James Milner in the midfield because we don't have any others. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting bad. Um, so, what did you think of Jones? Oh no, I, I thought he was great. He's he's so mature. Honestly, I remember watching him in uh, for the under twenty twenty threes and, and even the under eighteens. And I, I I would watch him and 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 say, this guy is very skillful, but he's he'll be one of those players that is so skillful that. Um, he needs to go play for a lower team where he can kind of have a team built around him, but there's no way that he'd be able to fit in the Liverpool team because he's too good too early, if that makes any sense. But yeah. I've just been so impressed with the maturity that he's been displaying. And you can tell he's listening to instruction. He's holding himself back. But in this game, a lot of his natural ability came out and he just has such confidence. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him continue to develop. Yeah, I, I would say today, I think you saw a lot more of the um potential that he can bring and i don't mean potential in terms of oh he'll grow into a good player i feel like he's almost like leashed like he's you know on a leash very carefully managed doing what klopp is saying but there were a few times today that he unleashed or whatever you want to call it and man that guy's got some great moves really good football sense and I mean, you know, again, Klopp plays with that disciplined midfield, but when the play breaks down or whatever else it is, he's got a really good sense of what to do, and he's got such good footwork. It's 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 unbelievable to think that he's only nineteen, and he he just he he looks like he's been playing. He reminds me of Henderson, um, just before Klopp arrived. Just a very safe, solid player. Nothing spectacular, but then we know that Jones is 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 a spectacular player. So I just can't wait to see that continue to come out of him. Yeah, as he as he grows more confident and Klopp gets more confidence, he'll unleash a bit and he'll say, "Okay, you can do more of this. You can do more of that." Mm-hmm. So um, I think he's got an, an incredibly bright future. Uh, Robbo, fantastic game as usual. Um, what do you think of Kade? I felt he like he was a bit in and out. Um, I thought he was okay. I thought he was okay. He 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 showed his ability to to beat the press quite a few times, which is great. 
in a way that um, Jones can do it, actually. Wijnaldum chooses not to. I, I think he can do it, but he just chooses not to. He hesitates, and then he wants to like shuffle people off the ball. <laughs> <Keep his strength. laughs> I don't know. Um, so, no, I mean, I... One of the things I love is you're right. He knows how to how to get by the man. I love when guys give him room and then he just runs into room where it's like three yeah. guys are all kind of playing off him and he just keeps running to force those three guys to come to him and then that creates mismatches elsewhere. So he's got a really good sense for that. Um, man, I hope he's okay because um, we, we could use players at this point. So uh, yeah. hopefully he's okay, and it was more of a precautionary takeoff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's probably just a slight hamstring, and you know what? Two weeks off could, could, could be useful, right? So maybe he's he already had a lot of time off. Well, yeah, but he played an international, right? Recently. He did. So um, even, even the Trent injury and Mosala getting COVID, in a sense, I'm looking at the silver lining. If anything, it, it gives them an opportunity to rest ahead of what will be a crazy December. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think the en- the enforced um, rest periods are going to be huge, mm-hmm. um, and and they're going to help us down the line. So you know, in that sense, it's good. Hopefully, he's not injured badly because we definitely need him back. Um, but I mean, overall, you know, I think I think everybody played a great game today. I. I couldn't really look at anybody and say I was disappointed in any way. No. And the little that Allison was called on to play, he did fantastically. He was out of his box. He was, you know, getting up, breaking up those uh, uh, long passes that they were trying to make on a couple occasions. So uh, again, I think everyone played well. Everybody knew what Leicester does and everybody just played it accordingly. And the best part about that was a clean sheet as well. I can't remember the last time we've had a clean sheet in the league. Yeah, apparently we've been giving up like the first goal in I don't know how many games, and it all comes in the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, I mean, this is a great trend. It, it, You know, this is the team that I feel like we had, you know, before, not not the same team or necessarily the same skill, but it it felt like that work and hunger that existed in the team before they'd won anything. Like yes. we came out today looking hungry mm-hmm. and definitely hungrier than Leicester who after, after a little bit of time, it kind of became obvious that they were, I mean, they were not, they were not prepared to, to play this game today. Games like this just help to remind me personally about how good and how far beyond the rest of the league, this Liverpool team is. And the only thing that will keep it close this season is what we've discussed: injuries, VAR, and and um, international and COVID. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, I mean, Man City was close, but they're just not consistent enough. But we are just so much better than everybody else, and we would we would run away with this league if it was a regular season for sure. No questions. Yeah. All all things being equal, everything being like a normal season. I mean, I would think that. You know, there there wouldn't be much of a league. I I don't know. I'm kind of torn. So I don't know. Like while I was watching the game towards the end of the game, the only word I could use for Leicester was pathetic. Like mm-hmm. like that. I I mean, to me, 
tomorrow should be wind sprints up and down the field for like three hours. That's that's what you get for a performance like this. But I don't know. I'm I'm wondering: is it not them? Is it just that we think, are that dominant? I think it's just, I think it's us, right? Because even if 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 we go back to the second goal, um, while they were playing those thirty odd passes, we do that all game, right? But and it doesn't seem as if it's it's amounting to anything. But that's how quickly all that passing back and forth can just turn into an, an opportunity, right? And that's by design. That's not, that's extremely intentional, right? And and yeah, we're just so much better than the other teams. And when we play at 70%, no, no team has a chance, let alone if we play at 80 or 90 or 100. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the at the statistics now of the game. And I got to be, I got to tell you, we had 57% uh, of the ball. I, did I miss something? I don't know how we only got 57%, but the shots on goal were 24 to 11, which, uh, no, shots at goal were 24 to 11, and shots on goal were 13 to 4. And I got to be honest, I can only remember one of their shots. I don't know where they got the other three. Four on target? Four on target. Um, there were quite a few that just went into Allison's hands. I, I remember a few. Oh, that, I guess if you're counting those. Yeah. But, like, you look at the corners, 10 to 3. Yeah, uh, you know, and and we hit the woodwork how many times? <laughs> Firmino hit the woodwork how many times? Um, and just I like it was a it was it was a very dominant and not only that, seeing all of the chances, would you have been surprised if this game ended up five or six? Not at all. Like it was almost unlucky that we didn't get to five or six. Right. Firmino should have scored. Matip had that header on the corner that absolutely should have scored, and he knew it. Uh, Mane had the chance that he kind of, you know, got in his own way on. Like it, it very easily could have been a six-goal game. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know, this is still, this is the team that was leading the Premier League coming into the weekend. This and just the, shouldn't happen. The team that beat Man City, they beat. Leeds, I think they beat. Um, they beat Arsenal. Man City and Arsenal at home. At home, right? Both of them at home, which again, at home doesn't mean as much this season because there's no fans. But still, you'd like to think that you know, are, that that you know, Man City at home, like that's impressive. Apparently, Leicester came into today's game with a perfect away record. Yeah. So. It's I I don't know I. I'm I'm still thinking part of it must be them, but we're just we're a very good team and and well drilled and you know I I said before this game so I called before this game if we beat Leicester today uh, today then we win the league so I'll I'll stay on that because the team I saw today this team wins the league no questions asked. My only the only thing that I'd say is I don't know how many players will be available <laughs> on any given uh, week right <laughs> so 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 that's that's the only. That's the only caveat. And and if let's say a team like Chelsea or Tottenham happens to not get any injuries or COVID um, absences, then anything can happen this season. Well, I guess you got to think that maybe we'll start getting players back too, right? That's, like Salah will be back, um, Hendo will be back soon. Hopefully, Keda will be back. It's minor thing. Uh, Gomez, you never know, but he's in and out. So you know. I suppose a good thing is that. We know that Thiago, Mane, and Salah won't be getting COVID again anytime soon, right? So, 
God, don't say that. That's just that's just guaranteed to jinx it for us. This is like the year of jinxes, man. I don't even know what to say. Every game we lose someone, so well, no, because they've had COVID, right? So wouldn't it be a few months at least? So hopefully for the rest of the season, they're good. <laughs> as long as they're good for the rest of the season, it would make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, but I agree. Like you never know if if Matip goes down tomorrow, then you know we'll uh, it'll it'll be tough. So barring too many more injuries because you know we've already got a lot as long as we don't get too many more playing like this i just i I don't i don't see you know i I watched man city play this weekend and they looked good but not devastating um you know it's it's this was an all-round performance against the top team in the league so the most important part or, or the reason why today's performance and result is so critical is is the way it impacts the fans, the team, and the opposition. The fans, it, it reminds us that we can trust this team, right? So we don't have to be nervous. We can continue to, to give them support. We don't have to um, feed into the narrative that the media is, is pushing about Firmino and his form or injuries and COVID. And is this when Liverpool lose, lose their home record? Um, the team itself... They know now that it doesn't matter how many players are missing. They are wh- whoever is picked in the starting eleven is a champion, right? So they know that they can still beat the very best with with whatever eleven we 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 select. And then for the opposition, were were um, reinstilling that 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 um, aura that we had around ourselves that you're playing Liverpool. It doesn't matter if our all of our defense and Allison are out. We are still a lot better than you. So be on your guard, and and I think that's very important. Yeah, I, I would agree. After after today's game, I think you know any other team that that watches this or saw the highlights has got to be thinking to themselves, man, they put three on Leicester and they should have put six. Um, man, I'm scared. And and that goes a long way for sure. So I'm I'm with you on that. And and for the team too, they you know the getting the confidence back. But also for me, the big one was seeing the hunger in them again. Yeah, exactly. Ironically, it was the same thing that happened last season in the Leicester game, right? That was also a watershed moment where that was the game that Leicester if had the opportunity to beat us at their their ground and then either like cut into our lead or at least prove themselves to be uh, contenders. And then we just wiped them away and everybody knew, okay, the, the league belongs to Liverpool. Four nothing last year. Yeah. We crushed the league three, nothing this year. I'm i uh, I'm all in for doing the same. So who's your man in the match? Oh, it's gotta be Jota. Um, not just because of the goal. I mean, the goal was, was icing, but I just felt like you could, you could just see, the pressure that his runs were putting on the defense because moving back and forth across the field is difficult enough and annoying enough. But knowing that you have a guy there who can run in behind you so easily and effectively um, definitely has got to get to you as a defender. And if we had been chasing the game, then I think we would have been, um, I, like I, I felt like another goal was coming uh, after the first two. Like it was only a matter of you know how are we getting that goal? Just because um, he was uh, putting so much stress on the defense. So he's my man of the match. What about yours? I'm gonna go with Milner because he he came in 
and played in Trent's position, and we did not miss Trent today. We really didn't. And he provided the leadership that that uh, we we may have lacked if he was not on the field. And you could tell that he he was not going to allow us to to not win this game. And he went in 100, 200% on, on tackles, as he always does. And yeah, he just played a good all-around game. He had two assists, I, I suppose you can say. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so the thing I would say to that is uh, that you didn't add to Milner is not only did he make us not miss Trent today, but uh, how many other guys could you take out of their position and just stick them in a whole other position? And he looked just great there too. Right. So after Cato went out and Williams came in, he moved out into the midfield and he was fine there too. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I can, I can, I buy him as a man of the match. For more stories, analysis, and articles, go to the forensicock.com website.